Well, hey everybody, good morning and welcome to Providence Church. My name is Angela Reese, I'm one of the pastors here, and it is truly a blessing to gather with you on this special day. Today's service will be a bit of a unique experience, especially for those of you who worship with us regularly. We will still praise our God together and have a brief teaching, but the essence of our time together today will revolve around the sacred practices of prayer and reflection. Together, we're going to pause to reflect on our journeys through 2023, and then casting our eyes upon Jesus once again, we'll lift our prayers for all that lies ahead in the upcoming year. If you don't have a Bible in front of you already, I'm going to invite you to go grab it and a journal or anything you'd like to use to write down your prayers and reflections today. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We'd love for you to let us know so we can send you one, but the scripture will be on the screen for you, so don't let that hinder you from worshiping with us. Still grab that journal though, or some paper, and then come on back as we enter into worship and open ourselves up to the presence of God. my father's world and to my listening ears all nature sings and around me rings the music of the spheres this is my father's world I'll rest me of rocks and trees of skies and seas his hands the wonders wrought this is my father's world the birds their carols raise the morning light the lily white declare their maker's praise this is my father's world he shines in all that's fair and the rustling grass hear him pass he speaks to me everywhere this is my father's world oh let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied earth and heaven be one Jesus who died shall be satisfied the earth and heaven 
beautiful reminder that our God is over all things and through all things and in all things and that in every circumstance God is with us listening and speaking to our hearts spirit unto spirit as we enter into a time of reflective prayer I invite you to just take a deep breath in and out remembering that God is with us in our very breath you may want to open your hands in front of you and lay them in your lap as a way to symbolize your desire to receive God's love for you and your willingness to be open to wherever God wants to lead you today. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for being a God who loves us. For being a God who chose to draw near to us through your Son. Jesus. As we bask in the glow and joy of his birth, we can't help but be reminded that he is indeed the light and hope of the world. What a beautiful gift to us, our King Jesus. And as we stand at the threshold of a new year and reflect on the journey of the past 12 months, we lift our hearts to you in gratitude that he the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, has been with us through every joy and every challenge, every celebration and every heartache. He is with us. We thank you for the gifts that we've been given this year. Gifts that have enriched our lives beyond measure. We thank you for your provision and kindness to us, for all the ways that you have showered our lives with your goodness and beauty and tenderness, for all the moments of laughter and delight, for the friendships and people you've placed in our lives to journey with, for the ways that you've grown us spiritually this year, God, for our deeper trust in you, for our deeper understanding of your word, for our deeper desire to surrender all that we have and all that we are to you. For all of these things, we thank you and we praise you. God, we also acknowledge that our hearts have not always been filled with praise and thanksgiving especially when the shadows of doubt or the weight of our suffering and life's challenges blurred our awareness of your presence. In those moments, God, the journey may have been lonely and our connection with you might have felt distant. But even in the dimness of our perception, we recognize that what scripture tells us is true, that your light never waned, that you love that your love remains steadfast and your guidance persistent and so god as we quiet our spirits even more before you now and reflect on these instances we invite you to meet us in the midst of any circumstance any relationship or struggle where we believed you to be absent 
Give us the grace to see that you were indeed with us, that we were not alone, and that your presence transcends our, our fleeting human emotions. Help us to see God, illuminate with the light of Jesus the places where your hand was at work for our good and your glory and where your whispers of comfort went unrecognized and where your guidance led us through dark moments of, of sadness and grief and anger and doubt. May these reflections deepen our understanding of your constant companionship, even in the moments we may have questioned it. And in the recognition of your faithfulness, anchored in our King Jesus, may we find strength and reassurance of your presence and your love. Now God, as we turn our attention to your scriptures, we thank you for the precious gift of your word. In the quiet moments of, of reading and reflection, we ask that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us and illuminate the passages that hold guidance for our journey today. Our hearts are eager. They are eager to hear from you. Amen. Our scripture today is Luke 2, 22 through 40. It's the story of Jesus being presented in the temple. Will you open your Bibles with me as we dive in together? When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated, which means marked as holy, right, to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, what unfolds before us is yet another significant moment in the lives of Mary and Joseph. They have come to the temple for a cleansing and purification ritual for Mary, a mandatory practice after the birth of a child, according to Jewish law. Additionally, parents were obligated to bring their firstborn son to the temple to register them and dedicate their lives to the Lord. So with Jesus cradled in their arms, this moment marks his inaugural visit to Jerusalem. And it's a moment that carries profound significance because the temple was considered the dwelling place of God's presence and was filled with the faithful, suffering people of God that had been waiting and waiting and waiting for the promised Messiah. And when this humble and meek new little family steps into the temple courts, we see the divine intersect with the ordinary once again in Mary and Joseph's story as they are greeted by two individuals. Okay, let's pick it up in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Consolation is the Greek noun periklesis. It means lifting of another spirits and offering comfort, freedom, and restoration, something the people of God were assured they receive in the promised Messiah the one who would save them and carry out God's plan of redemption and the establishment of a righteous kingdom. Picking the story up in verse 26, it says it had been revealed to him, Simeon, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for 
him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. This is a message that vividly contrasts two possible paths, one in which they are reconciled to God and raised to new life by trusting in Jesus, putting their faith in him and following him with their whole lives, and the other leading to destruction and ultimately to their demise by rejecting and neglecting him. In and through Jesus, our true hearts are laid bare. His very being serves as a transformative mirror, reflecting the essence of, of who we are and exposing our true character and motivations. What is he even saying, right? I'm sure it's all much too much for this young mom to take in. And then, and then the hits just keep coming, right? As Simeon follows up by telling Mary that a sword will pierce her own soul too. And then after that, we read that she was greeted by yet another person, right? She's carrying all of these words in her. We know that she's a person that, that ponders things in her heart, right? And so here she is receiving all these words, and then, and then she's greeted by yet another person, okay? Verse 36 tells us that there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. All throughout the story, we see echoes of things we experience in our own lives and can feel the roller coaster of emotions these young parents must have felt, real and authentic, brimming with joy and sorrow, reacting to exciting news and perplexing news, moments of awe and wonder and moments of apprehension and maybe fear. Yet in the middle of all of that, they are holding their ultimate source of hope in their arms, right? Jesus. Anna and Simeon's long-awaited Messiah, our Messiah. We know who he is. We know his name. And although we live on the other side of the cross from Simeon and Anna waiting for him to return and usher in the new heaven and new earth, Anna and Simeon stand as pillars of steadfast faith for us, awake, alert, and attuned to the Holy Spirit. They teach us how to gracefully and faithfully live out our days as we wait for our promise from God to come true, right? And what they teach us really does boil down to one thing, and that one thing is this, pray. Because one, communion with God is the answer to our heart's deepest longings. 
And it's the answer to God's deepest longings. It's the whole reason Jesus was born into this world. So we can be together with God. So we can experience his love. And prayer is most simply saying yes to God's invitation to do just that. And the more we accept God's invitation with openness and attentiveness, the more we become attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In our scripture today, we learn that the Holy Spirit rested on Simeon. The Holy Spirit revealed the things of God to him and moved him to action, showing us that Simeon sat in prayer regularly, regularly enough and steadily enough that he was able to hear and discern his own thoughts, his own desires and plans, right, from the voice and desires and the will of God. He was able to discern the difference. His name actually means to hear intelligently, to listen. And Simeon's ability to do just that and trust in the timing, promises, purposes, and power of God is a confidence that only comes from a life lived rooted in Scripture and in prayer with God. Similarly, Anna had planted herself in God's presence for decades, turning the grief of a young widow into lifelong prayer. Waiting on the Lord became her daily practice. Anne Voskamp once wrote, this waiting on God is the very real work of the people of God. But as we wait faithfully in prayer, our hearts and eyes open wider to the goodness and beauty and wonder of God that surrounds us in this world. We're able to recognize the divine in unexpected and ordinary places, and these moments are a gift to us for our own strength and encouragement and joy. You know, I woke up a few weeks ago and had four deer in my completely fenced-in yard in the city of Lebanon. They had no business being there, but they were there, making my heart happy as I looked out my kitchen window to see God's creation grazing in our yard. But as we live a life of prayer like Anna, right, it's not just that we're surprised by those moments. We begin to cultivate a habit of actively looking through spirit-filled eyes at the people we encounter and watching for Jesus in them, remembering that he is here, particularly in some of the most broken and least likely to be bearing Christ within their being, right? Who would have expected a baby, but there he was, right? And so we watch for the presence of God in others and, and watching will change the way that we relate to them and to the world. Lastly, Simeon and Anna teach us that a life of prayer leads to respond to God with gratitude, to identify what is good and right in our lives and in the world, where we see God at work and to celebrate that and offer praise to God for it. You know, this may be shocking, but being grateful isn't a natural state of existence for a lot of us, right? We grumble and we grumble and we grumble and we grumble. I grumble, but I believe that intentional daily gratitude truly does allow us to experience life as a gift, regardless of our circumstance. And it ushers us and others closer to the heart of God and into a fuller, richer relationship with him as we wait for Jesus to return. Well, just as Simeon and Anna found deep meaning through prayer and contemplation, we want to provide space for you today to listen for God's voice in your own life and just be with God in prayer. 
You know, in these times of contemplation, we're often guided to listen for a word, which doesn't necessarily mean a single word. It could mean a meaningful message from God's heart to your heart. It might feel like a gentle nudge that draws your attention, brings a memory to mind, or God may speak to you very directly, right? Like Simeon and Anna. Whatever it is, however God chooses to speak to you today, receive it as a gift and offer it in gratitude back to God. You know, and sometimes uh, nothing will be obvious. There will be days when God does not seem to, to speak at all, but, but in those moments, just listen in openness and attentiveness, and if nothing in particular speaks to you in a special way, simply just be with God in the silence. There is something beautiful about just being with God in the silence. It is often in those places that, that we learn more about, about faithfulness, right, and about the presence of God. So we're going to take time and just have, have a time of worship, an intentional time of worship as you reflect and pray and journal, and then we're going to come back together um, and close our time in prayer together. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us, come rest on us, come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us, come rest on us, come rest on us.
spirit was moved. 